stars are out. Everyone's here. Ooh. Stars are out this morning for Sabotage on Sabbath Sunday. Can everybody hear me okay? Mic check one, three. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. How's everybody doing? What's up? Oh, good. Snowing again. <laughs> At least you're in double digits, though. For sure. <laughs> for yeah, it's sure. cold as fuck up here. But that, is that messing up your cardio, Joe? No, uh-uh, not anymore. Good. Good. I just, I got to just do it now. I got a new pair of shoes that are going to do a lot better than just a pair of regular old road trainers. So uh, I have no excuses anymore. <laughs> what, what kind of shoes do you wear for running? Uh, now? Yeah. Uh, I just got a new pair of, uh, I don't even know how you say this, Saucony, so- so- whatever. Sarconi? Those? Yeah, it's okay. they're kind of a hybrid trail road shoe. So uh, they got some real teeth on the bottom. So if you know there's any any sort of uh, obstacles or things in my way, I just can kind of have no excuse but to run over them. So that's bad. Before before it was just like a standard pair of I I don't know like Air Lights or whatever that that kind of like run of the mill. Uh, right. Nike shoes, but uh, they're really slippery. Like, there's no real actual traction. So, if there's any obstacles or slick spots on the road, you're going down if you're not careful. For sure. I, I've never been like, I don't know enough, admittedly, about like, you know, long distance running shoes versus, you know, whatever kind of run of the mill running shoes. I always just wear like minimalist shit, like Chuck Taylors or like, you know, stuff like that. I feel like that's definitely, that's definitely not good. For running long distance i'm not telling anybody to do that so that's why i'm asking the experts the ones that actually put the pedal to the metal so for thank sure. you yeah see so you're you're adding value to this stuff i don't know about but i'm excited bro i'm excited for your uh 10k coming up man yeah for right? sure 10k right yeah a couple weeks um that course i've never been to and uh we'll we'll see i mean it seems like the company that's putting the race on they sent out like a massive book about how they're running the race because of COVID restrictions and yeah. how they're, how they're doing it. Cause normally at the start of a race, it's just hundreds of people all smashed together and this, they're like, Nope, you're going to be clustered. And you basically go through one at a time. It's really weird. We'll see what happens. So we're going to kick ass that if you uh, got a chance to read over that program, I think, I think it's all right. I think we're going to, I think you're going to handle it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It looks great. So here, man, Adam Gorak from Australia. What up? I'm just going down the line. There's no formats on these, by the way. Anybody that's new here, we're just we're, we're just bullshit. What's up? What's up, Adam Gorak from Australia? What are you doing? Not much, bro. How are you been? Everything's great, brother. All blessed. Blessed to see you. Blessed that you're here. I know it's like 1 a.m. or something right now, so thank you. Nah, half past 12. All right. Close enough. Man, geez. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fucking world clock, but thank you. So good. <laughs> I'm just joking, dude. I'm just joking. You're the man. What's thanks for the uh, Nine Inch Nails cover this morning? Uh, it's a great song, dude. Very catchy. The Doof Warriors back at it again with his cat bite coffee, and so am I. So cheers, my friend. I gotta uh, order some of this shit. I keep, I keep like messaging him. I'm like, I swear, I'm gonna order this shit. I swear. So good. What kind of coffee do you like? Let's talk. Let's talk about coffee before we talk um, about Black Sabbath, everyone. <laughs> well, I'm pretty basic with my coffee. I don't put sugar in it at all. Um, that's not basic. Okay. That's the opposite of basic. If you put that's actually it. how it's supposed to be consumed. <laughs> right, right. Good. But, not basic. I don't know. No basic bitch, Mohawk Mandy. We'll fight. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, hey, I still go to Starbucks. Okay, I'm not going to lie. 
but um, I don't know. Basically, I just go for a light roast or medium roast because dark roasts tend to be too bitter for me. Um, But and you also get I don't know if anybody is like that, you know, this part about coffee, because I just figured out in the last year that basically the lighter the roast, the more caffeine you get. So you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until like a year ago. I was like, well, shit, (laughs) I was doing it so wrong. So I've been deep into coffee recently because my, my friend here in Pittsburgh here, she owns a uh, coffee, her own coffee company called Eat Coffee. I'm sure you've seen us post about it and stuff. We're getting death comes lifting coffee. It's happening. Oh, blend. So and it, it's going to be a pre-workout high caffeinated blend. So it's, it's light roast and it's going to be good. So I've been deep nice. in testing all these coffees. So that, that's, <laughs> thing. that's all the information I will reveal publicly right now. But if, if anybody wants to know more, just hit me up or check out eCoffee because she's really cool. And uh, But Catfly is also phenomenal. So you can't go wrong either way. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have to grab some because this like um, right now I just buy the Wawa coffee like by the pound because it's cheaper and it's pretty decent. But I'm getting kind of like annoyed with it. It's just like not anything anymore to me and I want something different. So this is why we talk about it. it's important. It's my favorite pre-workout. It's coffee. You know, I've yeah. tried all those other crazy pre-workouts with too much caffeine. It just takes me back to like my narcotics doing days and just. Oh my god, out. I can go on about that for like hours. I was just I talking about that yesterday. Let's talk about it. it's important. A lot of people are hooked on that stuff, or not even yeah. hooked on it, but too many people take it for no reason. I feel like, and that was me right. too for a long time. I did for a short time, and then I just felt, felt like I was, I was, it felt like absolute shit all the time, like during my workout. And I was like, isn't this like not supposed to make you feel this way? It's just supposed to make you feel like, you know, a little stimulated and like you're supposed to get through it. But I felt like nauseous and I had a headache. I was like, bro, (laughs) not for me. Mikey, the warlord Golos, you look like some coffee back there, brother. What's up? You all right? We're here. Yeah. No, I'm good. I just, uh, I had to run into work really early this morning because somebody, the opening manager got stuck. So I had to go open for him. So I'm like... (laughs) And, and I closed last night, so I got made like, it back here to hang out with us. Damn. We love you, man. You're I'm just like the warlord. Zoning out. A round of applause. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll get on. Where, I, was just like, where, I don't even think I even asked you. What do you what do you do? Oh, I'm a uh, manager at Panera Bread. Awesome. Yeah. Hey man, that's important. We all need Panera Bread and fast food. I just had yeah. Panera yesterday for like the first time in a million years. Yeah. Was, I have like every day. It no. is fun. <laughs> Well, well, thanks for all you do, everybody. And thanks for, thanks for being here. We'll solve all the world's fitness and food-related problems later, unless Adam Gorak has anything to add about sabotage before we begin. No, not yet, bro. I can oh, yeah. wait. All right, <laughs> I can... we'll wait. I know you're excited about it. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, Joe, we'll, we'll get your opinion, too. But okay. you guys don't even have to be yourselves. Don't even worry about it. We're, we're hardcore on this podcast. We don't care. So just stay in. If you have anything to interject, just yell at me. Just yell at me. I feel like, yeah, because that's that's way cooler anyway. So sabotage. I'm wearing. I forewent the death comes lifting shirt. I know it's probably you might not be able to see it. You can only trust yourself in the first six Black Sabbath albums, <laughs> because not only is that really true, the old the older and wiser we all get, the truer this statement becomes. But sabotage is number six, so it marks like the end of an era there are two more after this with ozzy but they're generally agreed upon that they're not as good even though i like them we'll talk about that later don't get me started but the first six are generally the holy grail and that's what 
That's what we're here to talk about. The ending of the first six, Sabotage, is my favorite. I make no bones about it. It's 100% my favorite one. I want it to be everybody's favorite one, but I understand if it's not because it is crazy and it is weird. Just based on the album cover alone, you could probably get that vibe. And if you look really closely at the album cover, you can see Bill Ward's underwear through those red tights, which is a huge, huge fact. And not, especially if you have the vinyl and you can flip it over on the backside. I think I might have, I posted a picture this morning of the backside of the album that it's like this, it's just the reverse. And you can really see Bill Ward's, it's like white and red polka dot tidy whities and it's huge. <laughs> it means a lot. That's the most important thing about this album. I just wanted to get right out of the way. Not only that you can oh, see- so you can't Yeah, I'm looking look it up right now. Right yeah, look, look it up. Everybody look it up. And uh, <laughs> Ozzy's in a kimono, and it's just with like high-heeled boots on. Tony Iommi's probably blasted out of his mind. He's just sitting down, and Geezer Butler's like, why am I even here with you guys? And that's, that's the vibe <laughs> that happens on Sabotage. The whole band comes together for this one. And uh, it really does sound like kind of no other Sabbath albums, but at the same time, I like it because I feel like it is the perfect combination of the early stuff. Like it's as heavy as Master of Reality at some points. It has the good shit about the early vibe of Sabbath. And then as we talked about on volume four and Sabbath, Buddy Sabbath, when they took a turn for a little more hippie progressive territory, I feel like Sabotage is the best of both worlds and represents Black Sabbath as a whole based on all that. Some of the elements are super heavy, like the first two tracks, Hole in the Skies, it's like a basic heavy, heavy song. Uh, awesome riff, Pantera does a great cover of that. I'm sure you know that. Adam Gorak, Do Fourier, uh, Dimebag, Shreds on the Hole in the Sky cover. And uh, the next song, Symptom, Symptom of the Universe, was is actually credited, not by me or by anybody that I know, but it is credited with inventing progressive metal and i don't know if any of you guys are progressive metal aficionados i certainly am not but i think it kind of um means like you're blending like the jazzy acoustic kind of more melodic elements seamlessly in with the heavy metal stuff and i know they did that a little bit on sabbath buddy sabbath but really on symptom of the universe they kind of brought that to life like there's two totally different songs there's like a heavy straightforward riff action with the opening that da, 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 super simple early black sabbath and then like halfway through the song it becomes like a hippie flower pop song all in the at, at the same time and it goes back and forth which i get if you don't like but the more you listen to it the more i think it grows on you and that song is just brilliant and it showcases uh tony iomi's really is his genius and his driving force behind Sabbath. He's the only one that is on every album. He's the leader of the band. And on this one, he really overtook, if you read into what happens behind the scenes, he really overtook the production. It became like his, his thing. And to make it more interesting during the recording process, they recorded this whole album at, at night because they were in court during the day battling with their management. So there's like a lot of tension and a lot of weird stuff that went into, went into the making of this. Um, and I think you can hear that in the music. It's very adventurous, but especially even in the lyrics, uh, Ozzy gives the best vocal performance, I think, in any Sabbath, any Sabbath album, even in any Ozzy album. I think this is Ozzy's best moment, especially towards the end. 
there's a song called the Ritz. It's the last song actually. And it's punk as hell, real, real heavy, real straightforward. And Ozzy's just like spitting venom the entire time. Bill Ward holding it down on, on jamming. He, I think he plays a cowbell a little bit in there. It's, it's excellent. It's every Sabbath member just coming together and doing their thing. And like I said last week, you better be prepared for me to ramble on about how much I love this album because we're not even a little bit, we're not even a little bit into it. Um, so, so, so there's that. So everybody just take a sip of coffee and, then we'll, get, and then we'll get, and we'll get back to this later. Well, there's a song called megalomania that ends, that ends side one. So side one is hole in the sky. It's a symptom of the universe. There's a little acoustic interlude. It's called uh, Don't Start Too Late. Uh, it's like, whatever, 30 seconds. And then it's Megalomania. And that is a 10-minute song that is not only, it's not only my favorite Sabbath song, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and I know there's a lot of Sabbath fans that I've talked to that really, that agree. There's a lot that disagree, but I think it's just a super bold tune. Uh, there's so much going on so many different twists and turns you can still discover things this whole album you can listen to as much as you want and still discover things each time i don't think that's true with every sabbath album at all um but this song in particular is one that has so much different instrumentation and different uh, tempo changes and it, it's uh it's really a, a wild ride you probably should be on lsd when you listen to it uh not <laughs> from personal experience or recommending that but at the same time i am and i am there is uh so that inside one thrill of it all is side b tony iomi just knowing when to restrain with his with his riff writing skills i mean it's not like he has to overblow and do any crazy thing like we did on volume four or sabbath bloody sabbath it's just simple power chord awesomeness and uh geezer butler he really kind of takes a backseat on this whole thing. I know he's involved for like the lyric writing process and is, is there behind Tony Iommi, but there's no like big geezer Butler moments on this. There's no like bass solo. There's not, there's a, he just knows how to play behind Tony Iommi and just keep it there. And it's the sometimes when, especially for a bass player, knowing when to restrain and hold back and kind of just do what you're supposed to do is the best thing and it's like the boldest move you can do. Um, myself, as starting out being a bass player and that's probably my favorite instrument to play personally, it speaks a lot because sometimes, you know, bass players get a little self-conscious. We're a little, we feel like people don't care about us. We feel like we're not being heard as much as the guitar. So we want to do something crazy. Sometimes we just need to hold it down and look awesome and be Geezer Butler. So thank you, Geezer Butler. Superstar. Stars are some crazy name for that is a super weird gothic like crazy goes on for way too long kind of fucks with you on purpose kind of thing. And if you don't like it, I understand why. <laughs> and I really didn't like it for a long time either until I started I, I threw it on my yoga playlist one day. So uh, it's really interesting to do yoga to. Uh, it's really interesting to kind of have on a little bit of a background, but it kind of is, uh, is, is super strange. And if there's a low point on this whole album, if there is, I think it's these two songs back and back. It's Am I Going Insane and Superstar. Uh, Am I Going Insane is basically, it's just like, it's the most poppy song on the album. It's kind of was like made for radio kind of thing. And it's not bad, but it's, it's certainly not my favorite, but it's, it's definitely listenable. And there's definitely a whole lot worse in Sabbath uh, history. And then we already talked about the writ 
which was is basically just a, a hate song towards their management. And uh, if you look up the lyrics, it could be like first upon hearing it, you think it's about a failed relationship or anything like that, which it could be, but management relationships, same thing, basically. So uh, that all, all that fuel, all that, all the court battles, all the behind the scenes, I feel like really shows on that, especially knowing that backstory is really cool. And it's a really, it's a really powerful album. Like I said, from everything from the artwork to every, every song's interesting. The album's weird. It's nothing like Sabbath has ever done before or will do since. It's a unique marking in time. And uh, I love it. And uh, yeah, I'll shut up about it now. So what did you guys think about it? <laughs> Joe Smith, what's up? Come on, All right. hit me with so, it. You can say bizarre. you hated it and I'll love you no matter what. <laughs> we, we already know this. No, honestly, uh, this one, since I've started, uh, this one probably kind of, like you said before, it, it felt like it was kind of like the culmination of the first five albums where it took the sounds from one and another and kind of threw them all together and i i liked that about it yes uh, i did not uh hate the album at all so you get you got that going on for you the only song that i the only one that i keep thinking about is super czar though <laughs> yeah did it fuck with you it, i was just like, uh, on my computer doing my crossword puzzle listening to the album one i thought it the song jumps were a little weird in this one, especially because there's that 30 second song that just kind of like started and stopped. And I was like, how's yeah. this album going to be 45 minutes with 30 second songs like this? But then all of a sudden it gets down to Super Czar and it's just like, did my playlist just change? Because it sounds like some weird industrial Russian yeah. uh, like style music. It's like, it's like the precursor to like golf rock in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, which is great because that's kind of some of the stuff that i like to listen to <laughs> Dude, i love goth rock throw on some sisters of mercy any day of the week brother yep uh and so when superstar came on i was like this honestly is not a really bad song at all that's like the one song i really really liked on the album oh cool that's, that's so cool to, to hear that that's your favorite song of course of course it is that's that's of course because why not why not i think no. it's just because it sounded so different from the rest of everything that i've heard from them before yeah it didn't sound anything uh, but like but it more aligns with my actual like tastes and music i think so maybe that's probably why but Beautiful. i don't know that's that's very gratifying to me especially since that's the song that like people like the least most most of the time <laughs> that that makes me just enjoy your opinion more bro but that shows like that's that highlights how cool sabbath is especially at this time they're doing shit like way before it was ever brought to light like that like the progressiveness on symptom of the universe which adam gorak what do you have to say about that riff because i've i've read that some people rank that as the greatest riff of all time 100 <laughs> percent. you've heard 100%. it first everybody thank you good night right. <laughs> i think it's like one of the most heaviest riffs he's, uh, riffs he's ever written like yeah. probably probably since like you know from the first album like you know black sabbath and stuff like that it was so heavy that it knocked my tapestry down. <laughs> it, you're right. I think I think it's the heaviest since um, it has to be the heaviest since Master of Reality, at least. You know, and uh, yeah. So, so is Hole in the Sky. There's that's the the coolest thing about this album is the heaviness, but it it is like effortless effortlessly combined with the melodic and the progressive. Whereas I felt like I do feel like 
it's a little bit forced on uh, Sabbath Buddy Sabbath and Volume Four. They were kind of experimenting and finding their footing with with all that stuff, and uh, it really comes together like Voltron on Sabotage. And uh, the more you listen to it, the better it gets. So I, I would definitely recommend keep keep it on, keep it on, keep it on with that. Mohawk Mandy, I don't know if you love Sabbath or not, but did you listen um, to the album? And I'm going to push you on the spot. And if you yeah, I was going to say like I like prior to you know us talking about how we're going to go over this next like next week being this week um i only knew hole in the sky obviously <laughs> so i was like well i can't be that person and just say i only like that song because i do like that song um yeah i can't be that person <laughs> so i you know i kind of went through all the songs and it's not bad it's not something i'd pick to necessarily put on for something like lifting or working out but i could see myself putting it on when i'm doing something and i'm not worried about how long the songs are <laughs> yeah okay i like it we'll take that as a win because i always thought you were like a you're you show up and you're like a lovely supporter and we like appreciate your personality but i never paid you for like a black sabbath fan which is cool yeah i mean i come from like my grandmother is a huge black sabbath fan and Tim that's how i what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> how I even like heard of them was because I was like seeing all this memorabilia around her house and like shit and I was like who's this person you know like when I was little but um she you know she got me into that side of it as well as my father but I mean I'm not exclusively you know um that type of you know metal but it's definitely something different and I could you know it's a weird it's weird and I like that so super weird Mikey the warlord what do you have to say on the subject I've never really deviously petting your cat, like waiting yeah. for opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really uh, been a fan of Sabbath, honestly. I know, and that makes it yeah. more cool that you guys show up, even when you're not. Yeah. So that's that's what this is all about. Man. Like I don't know. I've I've recently. I mean, being you know, I'm 34 now. My early 20s, I was just straight. Oh, I only listened exclusively exclusively to punk music. You know, I was just. You know, just a dumb kid. Sure. Never giving anything a try. And then sure. in the recent years, I've been getting more into actual like doom metal and like bands like Sleep. Yeah, man. Like the stoner metal that I kinda I like that stuff. I don't like I don't know. I like stuff that's heavier, so I need to give it a try. I might like end up it. because if liking there were no Sabbath, there would definitely be no Sabbath. Yeah. Or, you know, so, I'm sure you know who Electric Wizard is if you're getting Yeah, it. I've heard the name, so so I need to, I need to just one day when I'm at the gym, just put it on. Yeah, definitely. Check out Electric Wizard too. If you're getting right. doom metal, you'll love that stuff. That's like rule number one. Sleep, yeah. Sleep is cool too, but Electric Wizard's where it's at. I know. I like an album that's an hour and 30 minutes long. And it's only two songs. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that, that's a good point, you know, and I, I, I was in the same boat. I think all of us, when we were teenagers, early 20s, we kind of listened to like one thing and are like, fuck you all. And yeah. Like it, and that's what I'm doing. And like punk lends itself to that exclusively a little more hard. Like if you're if you're into punk when you're a teenager, early 20s, like you're probably only into punk. Yeah. Know? So that's uh, that's why I like to do just a super eclectic playlist, and you know get everybody involved with what's good because i wish i listened to more shit besides death metal for 10 years of my life I, like, that's what all that's all <laughs> i listen to like straight up like from like yeah that's till 22 like there was nothing i didn't yeah. listen to that wasn't like blasphemous extreme crazy 
metal that you can't understand and i was like everyone else is a pussy because they don't like it that's just yeah exactly yeah i'm so guilty of that it's it's not even funny because <laughs> it's like my, my boy and mark makes fun of me for it all the time he's like here's amanda just listening to her exorcism music all the time every day that's good <laughs> and, it yeah out. it was just great but like i'm you know branching out and trying to listen and listen to different things like recently i've been really liking um like metal rap mashups like you know like there's some really hardcore like breaks and stuff like that but then there's also really good rap mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've heard of Jake Hill, but he's really talented yeah. and it's amazing. I love it. But yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm just like listening to, you know, exorcism music, 95% of my teenagers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. You're, you're, you're it's always welcome around here. Uh, speaking of rap metal, I know, Adam, I know you're a big fan of Body Count. So I, I listen to Body Count a yeah, lot when cool. I need some like mindless lifting music that's awesome. I shouldn't even say mindless because it's pretty conscious, but it's just like kind of stupid at the same time. And it's just like perfect. It like resonates at the perfect level for like a lifting session. Like Ernie C. 100%. Yeah. Ernie C is a super underrated guitar player. I'm sure you can attest to that too, Gorak. For a lefty too. Yeah, they're they're a huge band. Did you ever uh, get a chance to see them? No, never. Right. They're one band I would like to see live. They're awesome live. They're awesome live. I saw oh, them. Yeah. I saw them twice. Once they were on Mayhem Fest. I don't know if any of you guys are ever went to a Mayhem Fest to remember when they, those were a thing. And like the, I think it was like it started in two thousand eight. Went to like two thousand thirteen. It was like Ozfest or whatever. They were on a side stage at one of the Mayhem Fest one year, and they fucking blew up everyone. They were the best band there. So. Rec- body count comes highly recommended in the depth comes lifting realm joe smith what did you listen to exclusively as a teenager i feel like you were on some weird shit <laughs> i was i was thinking about it while you guys were were chatting a little bit and my music is all over the place i was a radio kid like yeah, yeah. to local radio stations just whatever was coming through and then as i aged up i had I've had all sorts of phases where it was got really into punk music for a couple of years. And then I got really into, uh, you know, like indie rap and rap music for a little while. And then I had my, uh, <laughs> my house phase where I was listening to a lot of techno music and some sure. hard energy UK bangers. Sure. Like, that was, that was mostly because of the drugs, I think. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> we can was a different time in <laughs> but then now i just kind of find myself listening to uh you know whatever my wife is really really into music and she just is always finding new random shit that i've never heard of or never would have thought to even listen to and right now we've been listening to what i can only describe as like murder folk music Ooh, let's <laughs> okay. go let's talk about that i'm interested <laughs> my like ears are this, it's like this weird southern kind of folk music that just all the lyrics get really really dark and talk about death and talk about killing and but like it's never like gory but it's like like folk tales almost set to i don't know it's really hard to describe but it's like just weird southern gothic kind of shit and it's really cool yeah i love that is it like um the only one i know is like those poor bastards you ever hear of that I don't not see and I'm not a, as terribly like yeah. verse or what their names are but um I'm trying to <laughs> think or even uh yeah 
Well, let's see. There's, yeah, there's a playlist that we've been listening to. It's called Murder Folk Playlist, Essential Dark Folk and Southern Gothic. And it's just on. I'm looking Spotify. that up right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is why we talk about these things, guys. Yeah. This is what the world needs to know. I mean, songs like Another Man's Grave or Sleeping on the Blacktop, Burn Another Honky Tonk Down. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm following that. I'll Good. give that a listen. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And I, I mean, it doesn't pop up every now and again, but I mean, there's a song that really kind of put me onto it. And the song is called I Want to Die. Yeah. I can't remember who it's by, but it was the happiest song that I've heard, like listening to it. And then all of a sudden, like he gets into it and he's just singing about screaming about I want to die. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Speaking to me on a personal level right now. I'm going to have to. Uh... We're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all on our phones like look, look, look. <laughs> 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 no, that's no, not good like it's such like a different kind of like i don't know uh weird genre and growing up in small town nebraska too you know a lot of people and friends listen to like country music so there was that whole boom of the country music in the 90s which you know take it for what it was it was never you know anything that was my favorite but for some reason, I know like the lyrics to all of those dumb songs. Sure, you kind of have to. It's your environment that you grew up in, you know. Yeah. yeah. So musically, I'm just kind of uh, incredibly all over the place, and I enjoy that. How did I, yeah. I enjoy that about you? That's good. It makes you a well-rounded mind. How did um, Bruce Springsteen's "Nebraska" play into your uh, your life at all? <laughs> Oh, my mom, man, huge, huge Springsteen fan. Like yeah, the hardest thing that my mom ever did was give me her vinyl collection of Springsteen albums. Like <laughs> That's badass. She, and she even held on to one of his, I forget which collection it was, up until like a couple of years ago where she's like, I just didn't want to give this up. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Dude. It's I mean, yeah. No, like, like environment geographical environment especially back then like you know before internet and all, all that shit like really determines like what you listen to and how you know a lot of people listen to their entire lives you know like around here in pittsburgh it's all like dad rock you know it's like blue collar <laughs> like you know our, the steelers their theme song is, is the stick is sticks and shit and like you know they they play the same you know back in black and all that stuff like that's very much what's ingrained in the in the pittsburgh culture so it's just it's always interesting talking to people from different parts of the world especially you know that we got the prime example over here adam gorak what what's like some weird australian shit that we don't know about <laughs> music not taco bell or anything like yeah is there like some crazy australian music that's like popular there or like is legendary there that we don't know about no interesting no no weird shit down here bro <laughs> i feel like i feel like there is there that's cool that's cool i mean it's cool to know that there's not it's just AC. Not what i know of man <laughs> classic AC. Not what I know of. all right you're the weirdest thing in australia and i'll, I'll take that <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about uh one of these days we're gonna do that acdc podcast remind me it's important yeah okay that's your job sure they're one, of the, they're one of the ends I would like to see live as well. Compile your top three Bon Scott era ACDC riffs and report back. Homework. Can we do it? <laughs> All right. Love you guys. All right.
Anything else anybody's like to add? I do. Oh shit. Oh shit. I do have some questions. Mohawk Mandy, we got quite, we got, we got some uh, fitness questions that I think you can get down on. Okay. This is why we need, this is why we need you. Okay. I mean, I could obviously answer them, but I think this, this one came specifically from a woman. So okay. to get a woman's perspective. I am woman. You so. are a woman that we, <laughs> you know, all right. Slash alien slash yes Bruce, All of the, uh, the female the white female bruce lee as we as i like to coin you I'll, I'll keep that um so this is about mainly a lot of and i know you probably hear a lot about this a lot of uh a lot of women are concerned about with like spot reducing right like all the questions uh-huh. i get from the majority of, of you know not not calling you out ladies i love you to death but it's like mm-hmm. how do i get my upper butt to be a little bit bigger or how do I mm-hmm. get my lower abs to be a little bit smaller and yeah. I would say like it doesn't work like that you have to do yeah. you have to train the whole package but I just want to speak on that a little bit because I feel like you have some insight there to offer the ladies yeah um it absolutely doesn't work like that yeah. <laughs> um if it did everybody would have exactly what they want because they're working on exactly that one thing um but the best thing that I can suggest is if you're looking for a specific area to, you know, see improvement on, forget about it for a second and just look in, look for improvement on the whole thing. Like and, you know, like my best advice was that, with that is because I've actually like I've been there like I'm like, oh, I want abs. So I'm just going to work abs like, OK, you could do that. But then first of all, the rest of your body looks weird. <laughs> because it doesn't catch up but like spot reducing when it comes to like fat loss and stuff like that especially you just need a caloric deficit um nothing major and that's not for me to decide for people and that's the other thing is you can't ask just a fit person on instagram hey what caloric deficit should i be in you know you need to go to your doctor for that um but yeah spot reducing just isn't a thing (laughs) you need to you know fix your diet for what's good for you. And you also need to just work out your whole body, do compound lifts. That's the easiest way to see difference in my opinion. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that. Just yeah, about it. If you, if you don't focus on it and just worry about bettering yourself as a whole, that will come. Yeah. And because I guess I'm sure this is about the ladies either. Cause like guys, no, like, it's I, want, not. I want bigger biceps and I don't right. care about anything else, you know? Right. I mean, of course, you know, if you work out, you know, and you do, you know, that's why we do, you know, workout splits and stuff because you're working legs, you know, and stuff like that certain amount of days a week. We don't do just full body, but um, really, you just need to stop focusing on isolating that one thing and just work the whole thing. What is, does your workout split change every week or do you, do you follow a specific program? Um, It kind of does change because um, for one, it depends where I am working out. Because if I'm going to the gym, if I'm going to my boxing gym, if I'm working out here um, in the basement. So, like, it definitely does matter. Um, some are more cardio-based. But for the most part, I try to hit everything once a week, obviously. Um, but if I can, I try to hit legs twice. And I try to hit, um, like, arms twice a week. But other than that, I'm not too specific with it because I know how to change it to where it fits. And that's the other thing is just learning, you know, within time. Right. That's a, that's a thing too, that comes with experience. And that's another question I get often that uh, a lot of people ask me to address on podcasts and stuff is the, you know, the perfect training split or how, you know, how strict should I be? You know, I know I I give out people programs, but then we also post daily workouts. Like, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? It's like, you kind of, 
it, it comes, it comes with practice. It comes with experience and it comes with listening to your body as well. But, uh, right. And the main thing is, is like, you're not going to see progress in five weeks. So <laughs> you need to work hard, you know, you need to work longer to see that, you know, you're not going to see that progress in a month, almost guaranteed with anything. So, it. you know, it, like at least three months of the same thing, dude. And then you can switch it, you know, <laughs> like right. if it's not working for you, but you can't just do something for two weeks and say, I, I'm not seeing any difference. That's just, that's not how bodies work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you're on like a really specific, like powerlifting periodization right. program or like anything like that or something super specific, I think you can uh, be a little loose with it. Now, Adam, I know you're on that. Speaking of powerlifting, I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're, you're, uh, what's your training like just to contrast that a little bit. Um, just a lot of volume, volume yeah. training. Like we still do our, um, we still do like our main lifts. Like you, like one day is just squats, just like you know legs, and then your second, my second day would be like a rest day. Then the third day will be bench, and then rest day, and then deadlift. After that, so I do one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off. Awesome, man. And on my recovery days, it's just stretching. So awesome, man. That that's great. Yeah, that's really important. Definitely. Yeah. That's the other thing is, you know, people are like, oh, I'm going to do every body part every day of the week. And I'm like, what is your problem? Uh, I find it better. I actually find it better to train just one day on and one day off. Yeah. Especially with my type of training as well. So, and I've, I've cut, I cut down my training days just to three days a week. I used to train like five days straight, but I, I stopped that. So three days, 45 minutes. That's enough for me, man. Yeah, and that goes to show because, like, what you're doing is nuts. <laughs> you yes. know, you would think you live at the gym, you know, but you don't because that's not good for your body. Can't do that shit. And you could do back bends like The Exorcist now. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah awesome. man, me too. That jacks me up. My next, my next goal is, um, my next goal will be going down the stairs like that too. So. Yeah, so I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, working on that. That's a, that's a video coming soon. I almost broke my neck once, but it's all, I suffer from it. It's no big deal. If I can okay. nail it, I'll send it to you. All right. All right, man. Well, you heard it here first guys. Thanks for another great episode of the Sabbath Sunday podcast. You guys are lovely. I love you all. Bell sabotage forever. <laughs> this bumps through the, through the camera. We'll see you next Peace. week. Love your good work. Right. My family. Thank you. Chill. Say yeah. bye bye. Bye guys. Yeah.